Quinshawn Judkins is the best running back in the country. Nay, the best player in the country. But how does Ole Miss make sure that when they need him most, like that last drive against Alabama, he is at his best and the freshest? We'll explain. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We have a really good show for you today. We're going to talk about Quinshawn Judkins and what he needs to do and how Ole Miss needs to use him and the options that they have to make sure he's the freshest and best he can be when Ole Miss needs him most. We're going to talk about Juice Fest. We're going to talk about a Kylan Deer. We're going to talk about viewer mail and all of that stuff. Anyway, this is going to be a pretty fantastic show. But before we get started, I do want to say thank you to everybody. As Locked On Ole Miss went over 4,000 subscribers um, yesterday, and we're very proud of this feat, and I'm sure we're going to handle this with the utmost class and respect of somebody that has never been here before, but I do want to say thank you to all the listeners and viewers that have worked hard to make this podcast what it is. We spent the better part of the last month on the iTunes charts, and that is because of you. Ole Miss is not the largest fan base. If you are not careful, you can kind of make go into a cul-de-sac so to speak, with the Ole Miss fan base. That's the reason we try to do things differently. That's the reason we poke fun at other teams' fan bases. That is the reason we do all that we can. So this show can be the best version of itself, and we are growing really quickly. If this thing mirrors what we did last year, we're looking at 5,000 subscribers by the middle of October and 6,000 by the end of the year. Um, and if that happens, we'll be in really good shape. The goal, of course, is 7,000 subscribers because, as we say on this podcast all the time, don't set a goal that is easy to hit. So our goal is 7,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Um, but we're pretty excited about what can happen there. So Quinshawn Judkins, is, I think he's the best football player in college football. He's definitely the best running back in college football, in my opinion. And I think he can do so many special things that you're tempted to almost overuse him. And the key to this, and what I'm thinking about, is last year. Think about when Zach Evans got injured. He got injured against LSU. The offense struggled. He got injured against um, Alabama. Alabama came back and was able to win the game. And those are two of the better teams in the conference to where if Zach Evans actually played, um, Quinshawn Judkins is probably fresher at the end. Ole Miss might win both of those games if Zach Evans plays. Now, it isn't because Zach Evans is the difference maker. It's because of the relief that he gave Quinshawn Judkins. And that he allowed Quinshawn to be the best version of himself. It wasn't a Zach is the man type situation. It became apparent pretty early that Quinshawn was the man. But Zach Evans gave a rest. He gave a little bit of a moment for Quinshawn to catch his breath. Now, what needs to happen this year to keep Quinshawn Judkins at the best level he needs to be, especially now that Zach Evans is gone? And we just talked about how he was kind of a key to unlocking Quinshawn in 2022. Well, 
One thing I want to say is looking at Quinshawn Judkins' stats last year, this is his rushers by directions. Left end, left tackle, left guard. You can see that um, his yards out of contact per attempt was up around three yards per contact after contact everywhere he went. That is absolutely nuts. He's very consistent. He's more of a right-handed, dominated runner, which means that he did probably better with the outside zone to the right side than to the left side. Averages all about, you know, between mid-fives all the way up to eight yards a carry. You can see that Quinshawn, directional-wise, he can do it all. We think about Quinshawn being an inside runner and Zach Evans being the outside guy. That isn't necessarily true as Zach Evans our Quinshawn Judkins can provide the outside run as well. Now, if you look at him as a pass receiver, we hear all the time that this year that they're going to try unlocking Quinshawn Judkins as a pass receiver. His very good hands. He caught the ball um, inside 10 yards, one for one to the right. He's five of six in the middle. I'm assuming that would have been like Texas routes. Um, to the left, he was one for one. Um, in the middle, like screen pass zones, he was seven of eight in the middle, and he was um, one for one to the right. So you're going to see a situation to where running backs go out of the backfield, either right or left, I think, this year, and that is going to take a linebacker with them. The, the point of it is to make the middle of the field a little bit easier and remove bodies from that area to make Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg and Jordan Watkins more effective. But also, with everybody focusing on Quinshawn Judkins, it kind of becomes a pick-your-poison. Do you want to take care of that area of the field that you desperately need to take care of, or do you want to leave the best player in college football alone or one-on-one -on, -one on an island? It, it is interesting. This is an example of his grades during the season. You can see... A, it got a little bit more tough as the season went on, but you can see he wore down a little bit at the end. Um, after the Texas A&M game, the bye week, he came back against Alabama. Pretty much the second half of that, he started to wear down. He had over 200 yards against Arkansas. I mean, I, you can't really complain about it, but he only had a 77 grade. Against Mississippi State five days later, he was not the same running back. And he also, Texas Tech, did a good job against him as well. So, what can Ole Miss do to help make Quinshawn Judkins into what we all hope, what we all want? And you have Ulysses Bentley IV, and then you have Kedrick Riscano, the signee. If you look at him, he was the number 97 player on On3, number 190 on 247, 250 on ESPN, and 118 on rivals overall he was 129 on the on three consensus this is a running back that was the mvp of the polynesian ball ran for over 100 yards and anytime a running back goes for over 100 yards in an all-star game you need to pay attention to what's going on because this obvious this guy obviously has a little bit of juice to it so you need to pay attention what's happening now if you look at the highlights Look at what you get with Kedra Criscano. You get somebody with unbelievable balance, first of all. His balance is really good. And whenever you look at the broken tackles that Quinshawn Judkins provides with Kedra Criscano, I mean, you can honestly tell that Ole Miss has a type when it comes to running backs. You can see difficult runs to where he goes through and breaks tackles to where you don't think he's going to be able to get through it. It ends up being a touchdown. This is a really good football player, and I know I say that quite a bit, 
but he is a really, really good football player. I don't think there's a situation with Tijic Riscano to where Ole Miss is going to go down a level. Now, you have the Ulysses Bentley IV as well, who kind of serves as a plus Jerry and Ely. And I know that's weird to say that whenever he was a five-star and a good player and did all the things, but I do think Ulysses Bentley IV is a little bit quicker than Jerry and Ely. And he is very good in the receiving game after catching in the spring game a touchdown from Walker Howard. I am extremely impressed, and I think that he can go quite a long way at the running back position. The running back position, I'm not worried about. Ole Miss was third in the country in rushing. They returned four out of their five offensive linemen. They have the best player in college football back there. The question is on how good Ole Miss can be is how fresh you can make Quinshawn be when you really need Quinshawn to be Quinshawn. I have no doubt that they'll be able to get the best out of him. With Kevin Smith coming back, the running back room will look a little bit different than it did last year. I think the running back room, if you look at substitution patterns, I think we need to look back at 2021 with the way they handled Jerry and Ely and Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish to see, in a way, how the running backs are going to work through. I think Quinshawn is still going to get the lion's share of the carries. Like I said, best player in college football. But depending on what they're trying to do, I think you'll see Ulysses Bentley the fourth. I think you'll see... Um, Kedra Cascano because they do provide a little bit different stuff. So whatever Ole Miss is trying to accomplish, that depends on which of the backup running backs I think you are going to see. If you have a situation to where they're playing real close to the line of scrimmage, where the safeties are crowding, to where they, they're really trying to crowd the Ole Miss running, running game, I think you could see um, Ulysses Bentley the fourth and just get them out on an island and run go routes and seam routes and things like that, just to, just to kind of back them up a little bit. And if you get a normal box, Kedra Criscano is going to be able to eat that up because he's a player that you probably need the load to box against, but you're probably going to take a breath and excel because Quinshawn Judkins is not on the field. It just honestly kind of is what it is, and it should be really fun. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. And obviously our count, count, camp countdown um, our third question for the team going into camp is the running back position and how to keep Quinshawn Judkins fresh. And I think this is one way you can do it. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about the opening of the Manning Center. We're going to talk about a Kylan Deer and show highlights of him. He's running back from Quitman. I'm going to tell you my football story from Quitman because it's a doozy. It involved the coach rewinding the tape like 20 times. But I'll tell you about that. And also in the third segment, we're going to have viewer mail. So stick around for that. Now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, First thing you need to do is go to the website and create a social media profile. We've done that probably for 15 different social medias. It seems like every third, third week a new social media pops up. But then, after you do that, create a purple hashtag hiring frame and add to your LinkedIn profile that you can spread the word that you are in fact hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and expertise experience 
so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis. And Ole Miss is going to open up the Manning Center, or the new renovated Manning Center, this weekend. And... I'm pretty excited about it. I think that with Juice Fest, you'll be able to see some of the features that this building has. And we need to understand what we are. And I think we do. And we had Walker Jones on the show about a month ago, and he talked about the Grove Collective and how it is one of the top 10 most ambitious collectives out there. And it's because we're ambitious. And I think Walker Jones referred to it as we spend one do- we make $1 spend like it's three. And part of that is being really efficient with what we build and in capital projects. So when you look at what's going on, here's some pictures from the Ole Miss account of what the inside of the Manning Center will look like with all the decorative tools and everything around the facilities. It's going to be pretty freaking fantastic. A second story has been added for a lot of the things. The weight room is absolutely huge now. And you can see how they have decorated all the way through there. And it looks really, really good. Now, if you look at this from front office sports, you can see the reclining chairs in the lockers. I mean, I think we did the um, sleepers in the LSU locker room a couple of years ago. Um, weight room is obviously bigger. The, if you look at the locker room, it's massive. The lounges are great. It'll be interesting to see when people get a tour of the facility this weekend. And there's several players that are be coming in. I think David Johnson reported that um, DeAndre Ryden, who we did a um, feature on yesterday as well, he is going to be in for the full weekend. He's not just coming for Juice Fest. He's taking a full weekend visit to Oxford to get to know the coaching staff and everything, settle in, have Juice Fest, meet all the commits, because most of Ole Miss's commits will be in for Juice Fest. And then you get in and see all the facility and do whatever you have to do. And this is pretty fantastic whenever you get somebody like DeAndre riding. Because if you looked at his film yesterday, it looked a lot like Mark Ingram. And he is going to be somebody that Ole Miss is recruiting heavily. Another player that Ole Miss is going to recruit heavily is this one. And this is a Kylan Deer. He's a running back out of Quitman, Mississippi. And real quick before we get started and keep going... My equipment highlight is they were in our district when I played high school football. I was a place kicker. I weighed 140 pounds soaking wet. I was a really little bitty guy. And I was the kickoff man. 
And they turned the corner and broke through the first line, and I was the safety valve. And I had to um, run down this return man who was going to take it to the house. I got in front of him, and I was just either going, he was either going to run over me or he was going out of bounds. There was no way that he could go around me. I had walled him off from the sideline. Well, he decided instead of going out of bounds because I was a 140-pound kicker, he was going to try and go through me, and he did. The only problem for him was is that his cleat got caught in my face mask, and he tripped, and that prevented a touchdown. And the coach for McGee High School at that time, Perry Wheat, rewound and played that 20 to 25 times. Everybody got a good laugh out of it, including me, because my biggest um, thing that I said after that was, did he score, which he didn't. And, um, but that, that was kind of my Quitman claim to fame. Also, I really turned on a fastball from a major league draft pick that they had in like 1992 or 93. Um, it ended up getting out. It was just an absolute bullet in the line drive. And that was the only hard contact that we even had that day. I think he threw a no-hitter in that game. But those, those are my two Quitman moments. But a Kylan Deer is a really good, really good running back. If you look at him, um, you can see a lot of the stuff that you want in a running back. It, this, now, the running back stylistically, when you look at it, like this running back may look like a Mark Ingram type, or this like Quinshawn looks like a TJ Yeldon type, or any running backs look like a different person stylistically, but there's certain features that each of them have that makes them highly recruitable. Now, Ole Miss will have a Kylan Deer and um, Deuce Knight from the class of 2025 on campus for Deuce Fest, or Juice Fest. Told you I'd mess that up again. Um, but we'll see exactly how that goes. These, these are highly rated recruits that are very much wanted by Ole Miss, including DeAndre Ryden, a Kylan Deer, and um, Deuce Knight. Now, if you look at the highlights, of a Kylan Deer. Now, you talk about a smooth running back. I do not want to compare anybody to Reggie Bush. I do not. But whenever he runs, it looks smooth. It looks effortless. It looks fast. It has a situation to where he hasn't quite figured out his burst yet. As a sophomore, he is going to really bowl up in the future once he figures out how to use his speed. There's a couple of moments that's is accidental where um, angles are like cut off and you can outrun the angle to the end zone. So the speed is there, but sometimes whenever they're doing it, the lines that they, he uses to get to the sidelines, that is an area that he needs to work on as well. But it will absolutely come. As this player gets more and more carries, you're going to see a football player that grows into his body, into his position, and you're going to potentially have a top 50 player by the time he's a senior. But if you look at the way he runs, I mean, look at him. It's it's just absolutely smooth. It's unbelievable. And I really look forward to honestly watching him no matter where he goes in college because I just genuinely think a Colin Deere has a chance to be a really, really special running back at the next level. Just absolutely. Anyway, when we come back, we will have our count, camp countdown viewer mail. We have three really good questions, and we will go over that as well. So stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. 
We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. Hey, we have gone over 4,000 subscribers today. We talked about the best player in college football that plays for our team. We talked about how we can get the most out of him. And then we talked about Juice Fest and a new $60 million Manning facility that's going to have all the bells and whistles that we need, but also that we did not overspend for so that we're not using up the money to go to the NIL coffers. I'm pretty excited for everything that has gone on in this episode. And we are going to talk about three questions that Ole Miss fans have going into camp. Because like I said, you don't just need me up here talking about the questions I have about camp. Heck, after six months, you probably know what my questions are about camp. But what are your questions? And I wanted the commentary and perspectives to go into the fan base and them to talk about what's on their mind, what they're thinking about, the questions that are entering in their head. And we had three pretty good ones, honestly. The first one comes from our new Discord channel. Um, if you see the link, it's in the description below. Click on that um, invite, join the Discord, and talk Ole Miss football with us. Eventually, we're going to move our spaces in there, which last night we had spaces for the first time in about a month. But eventually, spaces will be on the Discord channel as well, and we will have time making that an interesting community that's kind of honestly walled off from the rest of the ecosystem. But we're at the point now where it's kind of open invites, but it's going to get to the point where it's very invite-only to get in. So... Remember that. So, Action Jackson 97 said, Will the transfer additions help the Ole Miss passing game get to the top 10? And you know what? I do not know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, I, I don't know. Because part of me thinks that they're going to run the ball like they did last year to where they were third nationally running the football. They're going to have weapons on that side of the ball. But part of me thinks that Jackson Dart's going to be better. So you might have a situation where both the offensive running game and passing game is like 12th, and total offense is like 6th. I think the offense is going to look a lot more like 2021 than 2022. I think they're going to do that to keep Quinshawn fresh, and the number of weapons they have is going to necessitate it a little bit. But when you look at what can happen, and if you look at – what the offense can do, I, I do think it's going to be very good. I just don't know if the passing game is going to hit the top 10 as well. Now, if we move on, these next question from Jake Dunahue at Jake Dunahue says, Also, I know you like to say it is fair to expect 10 wins from a coach that makes $10 million. But with the schedule that Ole Miss faces and your own schedule predictions, do you think the majority of the fan base would be happy with a 9-3 and three season. Jake, you're in the right tree. You're not quite in the right area. Um, I think this year Lane Kiffin is going to make $8.9 million. So that's an 8 in front of his name. So if this season gets an 8, it will hit my theory of whatever that first number is should be the expectation for the number of wins. Whatever the floor of the season is depends on the salary of the head coach. If he makes 8.9, the absolute floor is 8. Um, if he made $10 million, yes, 10 wins would be expected. 
and honestly, he'd make a ludicrous amount of money. But nine and three, that's kind of right in the ballpark at eight point nine. What I what I'm thinking of as well. I do think nine and three is going to happen. I do think Ole Miss is going to beat one of the big three teams, and big three teams. I mean, between Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, Ole Miss is going to get one of them. And I think Ole Miss is going to drop a game they're not expected to. And right now, I'm looking at Auburn is the game that I'm um, genuinely worried about being a trap. Although Auburn plays LSU and Georgia before Ole Miss. So there's a, there's a lot of water that can still flow under the bridge as well. And our last question come from, comes from BM Reb. That's Michael Vandegrift, um, two. How much does Uno play this year? And by Uno, he means Aiden Williams. What odds would you give us going 10-2 and two with – um, what some call the toughest schedule in college football. Um, Aiden Williams, I think, is going to play a decent amount, especially with the information that's kind of in flux with Zachary Franklin. Now, on that Franklin situation, um, everything that I've, I've seen tells me not to worry about it, but there's always a situation where something could happen. He could come here and need surgery, which I've heard. Um, he could miss some of fall camp. If that happens, that is reps for Aiden Williams. And I think Aiden Williams is one of the best receivers that Ole Miss has with or without Zachary Franklin. So I do think this Franklin situation could lead to more playing time for Aiden Williams. So maybe 30 snaps a game is my guess, somewhere in there. If Ole Miss's offense averages between 75 and 80, actually, with the game being shorter now, so it might be 20 to 25 snaps a game with a total of 75 plays. Um, with that happens, A, Quinshawn should be fresher, and B, um, the number of plays going on. Less, less football is always a bad thing. So what odds would you give us of going 10 and 2? That's the next question. And, and I, I don't necessarily like those odds. I've got us picked at nine and three. Ole Miss can go nine and two, um, but nine, ten and two would require winning one of Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. Two of those are on the road, so common sense would tell you it would have to be LSU, and you would have to get chalk on all the rest of your games, which you are going to be favored in right now. The ESPN FBI has Ole Miss as over a sixty percent probability favorite in nine of their 12 games. So if you can get one more and hold chalk on the rest of them, you should be all right. But that is a situation that could be a little bit difficult. Like I said, I do think, for whatever reason, I think Ole Miss is going to beat LSU. But I just think one of the schools is going to jump up and um, pop Ole Miss. And they're calling this the toughest schedule in college football. I do not agree with that. The tough part of this schedule is the fact that they play on the road at Georgia. Otherwise, it's the same schedule they have every year. Nobody is going to hold that Georgia game against Lane Kiffin. If he loses that game, it doesn't necessarily matter. He needs to hold serve in the other 11, which he can do. The way they're set, situated, there's no November like last year. Everybody says you remember November. I think that's a Houston nut thing. That doesn't exist this year. Instead of... Um, Alabama, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Mississippi State, you've got Georgia, Louisiana, Monroe, and State. That, that's kind of what it looks like. But I'm pretty excited about where the Ole Miss football team could go 
during this season. And I do want to thank everybody for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast their first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Every dayers, we still have Jason Smith. We still have John Macon Gillespie. Um, we have Sheehan, uh, I can't say his last name. I still have to learn that by the end of the week. Um, but he's from CBS Sports. He's going to be on this weekend as well. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about with college football. We are about a week away from camp and less than a week from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And I am going to speak the Gray Kessinger to the Detroit Tigers into existence. I am just willing that to happen. I don't know if it will, but I am willing that to happen. Um, so we'll see what's going on. Anyway, hope everybody has a good Wednesday, a good hump day. Everybody have fun and hotty toddy.